Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 96 of the Seas Show. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, it's been a while, but I'm ready to get back to it. Uh, Trey Day and myself. So, you know, there's no need for a huge introduction. Obviously, um, thanks for your patience. Make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at The Caesars Show, Sir Caesars, Trade It, XXIV. It can only go up from here. Um, to rehash before I get into today's hottest topic, which was episode 95. In episode 95, it was myself, Trade A XXIV, and we had a special, special guest from Toronto, Robel Tussin, and we discussed uh, you know, what we thought about the NBA draft, where players are going to go, the top prospects, the you know diamonds in the rough, and all that good stuff as well too. So it was a very great episode, and I had a splendid time with Robot Tussin, and hopefully we can have him on the show um, for sure in the future as well too, because he has a great basketball mind. But without further ado, I'm just excited. I'm ready to get into it. So let's introduce Trade Date XXIV. What it do, baby? What's up, y'all? It is Trey Day XXIV. You already know what's going on. This is episode 96 of the Caesar Show. Your holiday edition. Yes, we're giving thanks. You know what I'm saying? We're giving giving all the graces, giving all the, the love to everybody out there, all our viewers, of course. Um, but yeah, it's been a few weeks, man. We had a hot episode, hot, hot episode with our, with our special guest, uh, Robel. I'm talking about the incoming draft. The draft is over. Um, you want to give us a little, you know, recap of what we talked about last time and what we're about to talk about? Yeah, so I actually, um, you know, told the audience about, uh, you know, what we did, episode 95. So if you're just now tuning in, episode 95 primarily focused on Trade XXIV and myself. And we had a special guest, Robel Tessin, uh, based in Toronto. Uh, so full-on Canadian, but uh, he has a pretty damn good, YouTube channel um, where he just breaks down uh, upcoming basketball talent and, you know, in, um, news as well, too. But we kind of leaned on him for the upcoming NBA draft because, to be honest with you, I more so care about, the, I guess, the final product. So I wasn't really paying attention to these um, incoming and upcoming players as well, too. So he was able to give us some great, great, great insight. Um, and the guy's very knowledgeable. So, like I was telling people beforehand, I definitely – uh, would love to have him back on the show in the future for sure. Um, and with episode 96, obviously, there's been a lot of player movement. A couple trades have been going on as well, too. Um, and, you know, some chatter here and there. So we're definitely going to talk about the major moves that have happened. And we're just going to just gonna go from zero to 100 real quick. I know that sounds a little cheesy, but literally that's what we're going to do. Um, so without <laughs> further ado, I guess we can get straight into it. But before we get straight into it, man, we're – where's your wine at bro you, you always got man. wine you always got a little something something what's, what's good with it so, today i am going off the water that agua you know that so. agua, that agua. Yeah, 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 I, yeah i gotta i gotta go to the grocery store and go cop <laughs> some water all i got is some like lipton tea that's like a mango flavor if you can see it right here okay okay um, okay it's pretty good though well, I'm, keep, I'm keeping it PG today, you know what I'm saying? So let, let mom cook, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm really just washing, washing all, like, the heavy food out the system, you know what I'm saying? So we can really get back to work, get back going. But it is what it is today, man. Black, Black Friday, I actually copped the air fryer. So oh, I'm you're lit. give myself a pat on the back. I'm excited. You're lit. It's gonna, I think it's going to be here Monday. So it was on okay. sale. I was like, I got to take advantage of that. Well, all y'all have been talking about it. Um. 
let me see here. So it was about eighty-five bucks on sale. I can actually money. last orders. It is drum roll, please. Should load in. Um, ignited. Okay. Okay. I think I've seen that around somewhere. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty dope. So I'm excited to cook a lot of stuff up there. You know what I'm saying? Um, Definitely. You know, send some pictures to you and whatnot. Um, You love it. But yeah, yeah, I heard, man. I heard nothing but good reviews. So for sure, for sure. So let's get straight into it. So like we said, man, there's been so much player movement, and it's just crazy how like the NBA season is is. It it just feels like we finished everything. You know what I'm saying? Like Like, two weeks ago. Like two weeks ago, right? We we normally at least the past two years, you know, we had the finals go on, and then we wait like a month and a half, two months, uh, for the draft, and we got free agency. But now it's like draft free agency, uh. So yeah. it's been pretty crazy, and the season's about to start. What the twenty second, right? Yeah, yeah, like literally. 20, yeah, twenty second. Um, so we'll definitely see how that goes, but uh, it, it's it's been a while. So I mean, I guess we can go from you know the 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 top competitive teams to the upcoming teams in free okay. agency as well too so i guess the first thing we can talk about before we even get into i guess free agency i mean it kind of ties along the way as well too uh the houston rockets man um is crazy they just obviously got rid of daryl moore got rid of their uh mike d'antoni they got a new head coach um and we come out with reports a couple weeks ago saying that uh, everyone wants to leave. <laughs> that everyone wants to leave. Um, Russell Westbrook doesn't want to play with James Harden. James Harden doesn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. James Harden feels like Houston has basically gotten weaker. Um, it seems yeah. like they're kind of on the fence of what they want to do as far as they want to remain competitive, but at the same time, they don't really have the pieces that they need to move forward, and the Lakers proved that by beating them. Um, yeah. So he's kind of like, yo, I don't even want to be here during the rebuilding phase because it's crazy because every year you see James Harden, right? He always mm-hmm. has this this look of confidence, this look of trust in his face. With, with, with When you just hear him in interviews, he's just like, yeah, we're going to win this year. Like, I believe we're going to win this year, which you should always believe that when you put amount of time, energy, and effort into your craft and whatnot. So for him to come out and say that really must not be nice over there as well, too. So obviously – Biggest headline with James Harden is he wants to find his way to Brooklyn, uh, to within one of the boroughs, uh, to New York, <laughs> to play with KD, to play with Flat Earth Kyrie. Um, Flat Earth. Flat Earth it's, just, it, it's just wild because it's like, you know, we just finished the super the super team era, you know what I'm saying? And now we're more so in the dynamic duo era. So okay. it would be very interesting to see if he were to land over there. So at first, I was a little indifferent about it, but now looking at it from, I guess, a management standpoint and then also as far as chemistry goes, I don't know how that would actually work out, you know? Um, because yeah. for one, it for me, if I'm the GM, it's like if I give Harden to you, that means the Rockets are going to want basically every mother girl on my, on my roster plus draft picks as well, too. So yeah. you're gutting your roster and you're just going to have to find mid-level exception players. And there's not that many good players right now left in free agency. So yeah. you're going to do have to you're going to have to do that. And you're going to have to basically sign people from like the D League and all that other good stuff as well, too. Plus, you not having that much depth 
and KD coming back from Achilles injury, we don't even know if he's ever going to play a back-to-back game anymore. We don't even know if he's going to yeah. play over 35, 40 minutes again. So do you really want to rely on that trio um, to basically play all these minutes and, you know, further risk injury? So I thought about that. And then I also thought about Kyrie's track record, right? You okay. never really want to play second fiddle to, to LeBron James. And then obviously he won his own franchise, got traded to Boston. But because he got injured, Terry Rogers of the world, Jason Tatum's of the world, Jalen Brown's of the world, they were like, yo, I'm trying to, you know, flourish. We we kind of won without you. So you coming in yeah. and Gordon Hayward coming in like, we don't really need you because we actually got further without you right after you left to go to Brooklyn and right when you were injured as well, too. And obviously when you came back, we literally swept the Pacers and then we got <laughs> dogged by the, by the Milwaukee Bucks. So – um, yeah. With him, you know, listening to his podcast and whatnot, he was finally happy to not only play with someone who he can, who can, who he can rely and trust, which is kind of crazy. He played with LeBron James, but yeah. I get where he was coming from was a bucket getter um, at the end of the game, which LeBron is still a bucket getter, whether it's you know facilitating and and leading to the best possible uh, play or him just okay. you know driving to the lane or doing what he has to do. Um, but James Harden coming on board makes you think, like, how would that offense even work out? What would Mike Tannity, Mike D'Antoni, the assistant, be trying to do? What would Steve Nash try to implement as well, too? And would they butt heads? Because I don't know the guy, but looking at everything, looking at all the evidence, it seems like with James Harden, he wants to be the star of the show. Um, yeah. Obviously, he had Dwight Howard in his prime, didn't work out. Had Chris Paul in his prime, didn't work out. Now Russell Westbrook, who's still in his prime, who had the best season, um, in my opinion, as far as numbers go, analytics go, with the Houston Rockets, um, and that's not working out as well too. So I don't really know how that will work out, and who would be taking that back seat as well too. So those are just a lot of what ifs, um, and and a lot of problems that I see on the horizon, a lot of red flags I see. Um, what are your thoughts about that whole situation, and would you like for it to happen actually? Um, there's too many what ifs with that situation. Um, I'm not saying I'm in love with it happening. I think it makes the basketball really interesting if it does happen, uh, solely because again, the what ifs. So, yeah. you know, the, the whole thing is like, Hey, there's not enough ball to go around at, uh, in Brooklyn, you know? Um, and if D'Antoni's learned anything is that, the the whole James Harden dribble 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 score only one scoring thing, it's not gonna work. You know, we with the Kobe interview where he was like, "Yo, that system of basketball doesn't work." And and even Sandy's, uh, Sandy's Rockets teams where it's like they're heavily relying on James Harden. I'm not saying that he can't get the job done, but yeah, at a certain point, you live by that. You also die by that, but you die by that in the way that there are other people aren't getting touches. And when you mm-hmm. have superstars that are not getting touches. And I'm not saying like these aren't superstar role players in a way. These are these are guys that superstars where they get the ball in their hand to take over, you know, get out of the yeah. way. You know, pass me the ball, get out of the way, pass me the ball, get out of the way. Kyrie Irving, I'm sure coming to offense. He's one of the best guards in the league. Um, but I just it, it would be a lot, man. And somebody, again, great teams have people that play great roles. So it has yeah. to be one of those things. And is James Darton ready to relinquish that role and become third option and and that's crazy to think about you know 
is he ready to become a third option or even a second option? Say Kyrie is solely point guard stuff. You know, he can get to the rim. So when he penetrates, uh, if they're stopping him from the rim, you have Katie for the kick out, or they might, you know, swing over and shadow Katie a little bit more. James Harden be that third guy. It would take some real unselfishness from him. And I think with the track records we've seen other than KD, you know, other than KD, KD, we've seen him be a little bit more flexible with things, but his game is one where it's it's very uh, – it can be molded into so many play styles. You know, there's only so many yeah. people like that, you know, the LeBrons, yeah. the KDs, and then, you know, after that, it kind of drops off. Maybe a Kawhi, but we've been talking with Kawhi where he's mainly a scorer, in a way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really, really, really interesting. I don't know if I want to see James Harden in, in Brooklyn, but if he does go, then it's going to have to take a backseat. And for something that looks like, you know, Kyrie went to Brooklyn, he got KD over there, and then you know, is he really wanting to share the ball with, with Harden? It becomes another notch on his resume. You know, I, I ran away. No way. I won't say use that word because that that's citing something else. But, you know, he parted ways with LeBron, went, tried to run the shows on his own. Now he's with KD. All right, cool. That's your boy. That's your twin tandem. But then James Harden comes in. And ultimately, if there's a problem, it all falls apart. As well as we've seen that in every situation in Houston, not calling it James' fault, but in every situation in Houston, again, under coaches like Mike D'Antoni, who's on that staff as an assistant, things don't work out. Definitely player relations don't work out. We keep saying, oh, he doesn't want to play with this person, or, oh, Kish Paul is upset, oh, Russell Westbrook is upset. At what point do you, you plead insanity, you know? But at what point do you change the pattern? It, it just seems like if we do that, we're just going down the same rabbit hole. Would it be good firepower? Would it be dope to see? absolutely if it could work out but if not then i don't want to be talking about this in a year talking about you know another james Harden, Kyrie over situation or you know and it could speak to what kd will actually look like in the future you know or what his capabilities are does he really believe that he's going to be full strength ever again and if not then maybe james Harden does fit because maybe kd takes the back seat for a year or so you know until he he can play out the rest of his career, and then maybe James Harden bounces again and goes to look for more money. Because I don't see KD or Kyrie leaving that team anytime soon. So yeah, nah, I agree with you. I mean, I guess the only way I can see it work is knowing that James Harden has basically achieved every accolade, damn near, um, aside from a championship. I can see where he compromises, but I still feel like Kyrie Irving still wants to prove to the general public that he can, he can do be that star point guard to help lead a team to a championship as well. And like we uh-huh. said, Katie did come off an injury. So it makes sense where he may take the backseat a little bit. And then when the playoffs come, obviously, you know, you can rely on. So it would be nice. I mean, if it happens, it happens. We'll see. Um, but like I said, if I'm the Nets, I'm just like, hey, obviously we're in the East. Um, but we have the sub- – we have the, the pieces to supplement Kyrie yeah. and KD as well, too. We you have, have great coaching staff. We have depth. So let's see what it looks like between now and whenever the trade deadline. Trade deadline is normally, what, all-star break now? Did I even be an all-star game this year, I believe? So let's see It'll what it looks like. probably like college spring break. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Let's see what it looks like um, and get this little 25, 30-game sample size. And if it's heading the right direction, I think you just remain the same. And yeah. if it's a little, huh? then maybe you can look at doing a trade, but I'd rather you trade now 
than to trade later. That way you have even more games to cover, more ground to cover, and still try to find those pieces that you can still add uh, to help those players out as well, too. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Now moving let, on to – oh, go ahead. Uh, last thing, too, is the last two years, and granted maybe they didn't have as much to play play for, but Kyrie has also been injured, you know? So it's like – Maybe they had they had a come to God moment, you know, and it's like, hey, they really are trying to get James over here because it's going to be easy on both of their careers. And for all intents and purposes, James is pretty durable, you know, his play style. Yeah, he 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 bangs, but he bangs in a very um very like strong based way, you know, and and he's elusive out there, like he's one of the quickest quote unquote big guards there is. So, um. If you put your pride aside, everything could work, but who knows if that's going to work and who knows what these players are going to look like in two or three years. That's facts. Now, obviously, there was one team that was already a well-oiled machine, um, so it was, I guess, easier to uh, integrate Kevin Durant uh, with the Warriors with Klay Thompson and, and Steph Curry, but obviously we we've seen what they've accomplished with in those three years. Do you think potentially speaking, if this were to happen, Kyrie KD and uh, Harden could basically be a better, I guess, trio than them. Um, I don't see that happening. Mm. I think, from an individual accolade, yes, but that team played so well together. They had, they, I mean, and maybe I don't know uh, the, the the skill set of the people on Brooklyn well enough to say, um, you know, they don't have a J- Draymond Green that is the glue guy because in those systems like that, you need somebody that's going to be unselfish, swing it, or be unselfish, stretch the floor like that. Um, and then the shooting abilities of all – of all those players on that team, you know, <laughs> on top of uh, a KD. Again, KD kind of insert anywhere. He's like your free space on the bingo chart. You know what I'm saying? He can go anywhere. <laughs> but some of these guys aren't as interchangeable. Kyrie's a great scorer, but is he going to shoot at the same rate as, as Sup? I don't think so. I think he can hit the dagger. I think in rhythm things are go- going crazy. I think in a one-on-one situ- situation, that Kyrie will probably get stuff every time. But yeah. He, it's not a talent like Clay, you know. It's not, and that, and it hurts to say that against who I'm comparing to. So you have Kyrie Irving, you have James Harden, who seems like he can score anything at any time. But it, I don't just, I don't see that meshing the same way, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, very, very could be a similar, could be similar, but I don't see, I don't see it. I'm sorry. Yeah, they would definitely butt heads for a little bit, but it's crazy because they're all so freaking talented offensively. <sighs> In a way, you take a backseat because you're obviously you 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 have to share the ball. There's only one basketball to go around, so you're gonna take two to four less shots. But right. <laughs> call me a sicko, I can see Kyrie averaging 24-25, Harden like 27-28, KD 25-26. Like that that's that's seventy right there. That's seventy right there. You just got DeAndre Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Stay in the Douglas spot, getting some screens, getting you about and keep it a stack. I mean, depending on how you want to run the rhythm, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if 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 they're averaging twenty five points a game each, right? 
Yeah. All you need is the the role players to, <laughs> you know, to to score. NBA, I, I used to say, let's say the average points are ninety to hundred, right? Somewhere in that range, right? Um, you need your bench to score about twenty to twenty five points a game, mm-hmm. and I hope the NBA bench can do that. You know, and that's saying that when you could interject James Harden who would probably love to play, you know, that one-man iso ball kind of thing, be kind of that six-man starter kind of thing. Not saying he's going to mm-hmm. come off the bench as a six-man, but he'd be the one that would stay in when Kyrie and uh, KD are resting in a way. I was so he can cook that like too. that, you know? I was thinking that too. I was like, yeah, so they're probably going to stagger them minutes. So obviously they have three of them. So I see Kyrie coming out first or they're going to be interchangeable. So Kyrie coming out first or James Harden coming out first, and then one of them just running the show, like you said, with the second unit, and they just keep the offense going. That That's actually yeah. kind of scary. And, um, until somebody filters back in. So maybe maybe it's not there's not enough ball to go around. It's just, uh, you know, you show up to the party at one time, I show up with my boys after y'all, and we get a five minutes <laughs> in time. You know what I'm saying? Like different crews, all saying love. <laughs> Great AX exactly. I love that shit, man. I love that shit. So moving on to his 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 buddy, um, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> it's kind of crazy because like obviously, you know, Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple double for three straight years, excluding this current season with the Rockets, you know, obviously he has sacrifice and whatnot. But as far as numbers go, like I said, this was his most efficient year, excluding from the three-point line. And I think that's yeah. what kind of scares away teams, plus his, obviously his contract. But he averaged 27, 8, and 7 um, and shot, what, 47% from the field for the entire mm-hmm. season. And there was a stretch after they got rid of Capella and went small. He was shooting over 50%, and I think he was averaging like 38 and 8. Um, and he had such a great year, and it's just a shame that we're always prisoners of the moments and what have you done for me lately because – Let's not forget, when he got back to the bubble, he had a hamstring injury, so he's playing yeah. through that. And then he also had COVID as well, too. So it seemed like he yeah. was never fully able to get back to form. He kind of just got tossed into the fire when he went to uh, the OKC series. I think he only played, like, the last two games. And then after that, you got to prepare for AD and Braun and that, and, and that whole entire team as well, too. So I feel like he's going to have to essentially be on that Chris Paul flow, right? where mm-hmm. obviously you're kind of overpaid. To me, he's overpaid, but not overpaid in a sense. But $40 million is a lot, especially when you're trying to move that around. Um, but he definitely, I would say, is on the end of his prime. Still in his prime as well, too. But he's in that weird situation where it's kind of like the Houston Rockets have devalued him so much that he has to go on another team just to prove his worth again. And then he can go back yeah. to somewhat of a competitive team. So like I say, for, for example, like with Chris Paul, he had a great season the first year with them. Second year, a little banged up and whatnot, but they didn't end so well. James Harden wanted him out, went to OKC for Russell Westbrook. No one thought that OKC would be a freaking 4-5 seed this past season. And Heck he went yeah. seven games against the Rockets as well, too. And Chris Paul was an MVP because he wasn't an MVP the past couple of years. Um, and now, obviously, we're going to talk about this a little later. He's on the Phoenix Suns. He's doing he, – it looks very promising over there, but – I think that's what's going to happen to happen, happen with Russell Westbrook. And obviously he doesn't want to play hard anymore. Do you pin more so playing with Harding and taking a back seat and not having that free roam like you had before in the past? Or do you think it's also 
because of the system he was in with Mike D'Antoni, where James Harden is the centerpiece is what was, you know, bothering him in a way. I think uh, I think coming down the stretch, it was just really bad timing, for one. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the chemistry wasn't there uh, in the bubble, of course. And, you know, he kind of looked like the ghost of himself, you know, looking back at it, you know, watching some of the games, he's driving, missing some layups where he uses like ridiculously killing the basket. Um, they were leaving him wide open. There was no rhythm. You know, he's a great rhythm shooter, definitely from outside, but there was no rhythm in that. The Lakers were leaving him wide open and it looked dismal. I mean, his time was just really, really, really bad, man. Uh, yeah. Because cause Russell is one of those guys where it looked coming down a stretch down the season. You know, it was, it was one of those things like, oh, he, he got to the Rockets. This is a good team. And they were killing it, you know. <laughs> they were killing it. Not so many big men. Uh, they beat OKC where it looked like Chris Paul could have lobbed it to Steven Adams. And, you know, Easy and P.J. Tucker was what planned, uh, was playing a five at the moment. It was, it was crazy what they were doing with a smaller team. And Russell Westbrook was uh, was a big part of that, you know, getting out, going, pushing the pace. And when he's not pushing the pace, James is cooking up. Uh, and, and it's tough to see Russ in that situation because he went crazy by himself in OKC. Yeah. But they also traded him, and it seemed like they got more efficient, uh, which lends itself to, to thinking that maybe, you know, there are guys that can put up big numbers. Yeah. But from a team efficiency standpoint, again, it's a James Harden conversation. From a team efficiency standpoint, does that mean it leads to big wins from it? You know, does that mean it leads to furthering yourself as a team? Because we can look at each other and say that the OKC honestly got better this year. They got better. And that's hard. That's, and it would be hard for us to say when, you know, if I ask you today, it's like, yo, or actually last year, Take Russell Westbrook off this team, put CP3 up there. This is going to be a better team. You'd be like, yo, you're kind of crazy. You know, it's, it's ludicrous. So the evaluation. And PG left too. And PG and P- left. And PG left too. To, you know, so it's ludicrous. But it, it, lends, it lends itself to saying that there are two ways, not two ways, but there are multiple ways to, to get a job done. And efficiency doesn't always mean you have to have the craziest, most athletic player on the court each night. Do you have to have your perennial stars? Yes. But cohesion seems like it was going to work way more than that one superstar that has 50 points, you know? So it's different methods. Of course, you need your cornerstone pieces, but yeah, I think I think Russia's got a bad rep, and he might have to lend himself to a system, you know? He might have to step back. We dog LeBron for not taking the last shot and stuff like that all the time, but – there's something you can't take away from LeBron that these guys don't have as a championship, you know, you know, he has four championships and you can argue, Oh, LeBron had a big three, whatever like that. Yes. But these guys also are having their moments to play with other superstars and we're seeing it not work as well for them. A testament to LeBron James one, but also efficiency is not always being the best scorer on the court or shooting every shot you get. Just crazy, man. Um, because now it's looking like I feel like if they were to get traded, they would have been traded by now. Um, so mm-hmm. now it's just gonna be that awkward moment because I heard that they're still they still boys no matter what. But it's just like, for example, I had roommates before, best friends, but we Which can't I already leave them again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so 
that would kind of be weird when I'm ready to move out um, and I'm getting annoyed by you every single day. So I'm wondering how that's going to translate in the locker room when they're traveling X, Y, Z on the court. Like how, how do you, how do you work past that? Um, because like I said, if you were to get, if, if it was any time to get traded, it would probably be now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what they're probably going to do is they're either just going to let them play it out. Or, like I said, by trade deadline, one of them are going to get moved as well, too. So, obviously, James Harden has the yeah. most to get back in return. I mean, you can't really replace what he's, what he does, but you can still put your organization in position to build for the future. Um, so, we'll see what happens. And just looking at the market right now, I mean, I thought Russ by now, you know, there was reports that he would get go go to the Wizards, um, to the Knicks, to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Charlotte's not happening no more. We're going to talk about that Gordon Hayward contract, which is <laughs> fucking crazy. Um, but now it's just like, yo, where do you go? And who's going to take on $40 million? You feel me? That That's pretty yeah. tough. I, I don't know. So, where does, um, what do you want to say? Um, I was going to ask, where does Houston finish this season if, if, if Russ and Harden stay? Um... Anyway, I was going to I was going to talk about that later with after we okay. basically acquired all those teams as well too, but we can slightly talk about just Houston for example. Well, if you look at history, right? History always kind of tells you what's going to come, um, what's going to come come about, right? So, since Harden's been on on the Rockets, I think except for his first year, they never missed the playoffs. When KD and when KD left Russ. Russ has never missed the playoffs, so you have two MVP caliber players. With the West, in my opinion, getting a little weaker, I don't see how they don't finish top eight. I see them now, instead of always being, like I said, that three through five seed, I see them being like six through eight. Okay. Yeah, six through eight, okay. for sure, for sure. What about you? Um, boom, boom. Yeah, five to eight easily. Yeah, I mean that makes the most sense, right? I mean it does, um, and I just feel so bad for the the new Rockets coach too. I'm just like, damn, bro. Like, I really, really like this guy. He he's been around basketball for quite some time now, um, and for him to speak so highly of the organization, speak so highly of those two superstars coexisting before all these rumors came out and reports came out, just like, damn. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but they may make it work. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? And like I said, they had record years together, which is wild. I mean, I feel like honestly, if you change the system up a little bit, which the coach said he's going to change up and you try to, you just go away from playing that style of basketball. I think, I think yeah. in coexisting, if you sacrifice, but it seems to me, they don't want to sacrifice right now as well. Uh, but they did pick up Christian Wood. Um, who played pretty damn good for the uh, for the Detroit Pistons? Nice little uh, hybrid, uh, you know, four slash five guy. And then they mm-hmm. also picked up Demarcus Cousins the other day as well too. Um, so, I mean, with those happening, uh, how do you feel about that? Because we're, I guess, we're having the mindset now that Russ and Harden are at least going to play at least for half of the season now. They have a high risk, high reward in, in Boogie Cousins. And like I said, we, we kind of know what we're going to get out of Christian Wood as well, too. Very high energy guy, guard multiple positions. Um, and the future's looking promising for him as well, too. Um, is that still 6-8 mm. seed? And, and, and more so, I guess, 
honestly, more so, this is a conversation about DeMarcus Cousins. This is a guy who has been injured for damn near the past two it's past two and a half seasons. We already know got you already know his numbers. If he's fully healthy, he's literally a twenty and twelve guy. Um, obviously, the last time we, we we saw him in his prime was when he got traded from the Kings to the Pelicans, and him and Boogie were looking like the new age <laughs> Tim Duncan and, and David Robinson side by side. I was like, yo, this is a scary, scary team. Would you how they still in Ray John Rondo? And you got yeah. a couple of different pieces. As a small organization, y'all doing your thing right now. And then obviously, he blows out his ACL, comes back, signs a cheap ass deal with the Warriors. When he finally gets healthy, a little after All-Star break, or I think the last one going into the playoffs, that starting five was looking crazy, Trey. Yeah, it was looking good. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Boogie Cousins, Draymond Green, and freaking uh, uh, Kevin Durant. And it's crazy because even coming off that, that Achilles injury, he still looked like he was moving well. He expanded his range. Um, and he was looking like, aside from Draymond Green, he was looking like the best facilitator on that team as well, too. And he was averaging still 16, being a fourth, fifth option, 16 and like 10, which is crazy, too. Um, so it's a damn shame they tore his quad and obviously came back a little early, played in the finals, had about one good game. But you can tell just when you take so much time off and you try to rush into the highest level um, of basketball. Your body's not ready. Exactly. And then – we think he's fully healthy, comes to the offseason, tears his ACL, gets signed to the Lakers, doesn't play, now he's there. Do you think this is the year where we can say, hey, we're just going to be optimistic and, and we're going to – and we think that he's going to uh, be able to get back on track because, like, what do you have to lose at this point? So what do you expect of Boogie Cousins um, being the center for the Rockets and – and obviously, P.J. Tucker was the five, you know, for the past half of the season. Um, yeah. Do you see Boogie Cousins being that starter and, and still giving you glimpses of the past, or do you more so see Christian Woods doing all that? I see Christian Woods uh, being more of the front runner until Boogie gets healthy, and I think it's going to be – it's going to take a little bit of time, honestly, because he tore his Achilles this last one, right? Uh, uh, he tore his Achilles in – ACL. Well, he turned ACL, ACL. Last, last year in the summertime, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it turned ACL his last one. I think I still think it takes time, man. His body's probably going to take half a season to get ready. He's probably been training, of course, but probably going to take half a season to get ready. Um, Boogie, back, conditioned, he's probably going to give you 12 to 15, I think, because of his skill level. I don't think that goes away just like that. Um, but – it still leaves the Rockets in the same place. I think they're going to finish up in that that generous five through eight, uh, more sound, probably six through eight. Um, but if people buy in, which we'll see, it, they just seem like one of those teams that when the playoffs come around, they don't always get better. You know, we know the Lakers teams or even, you know, going back to my reference, because it's the gold standard, it has been. Um, I would say even like, no, they they play well all season. The Rock, uh, the the uh, Thunder did, but like a Lakers team, they they be like, oh, oh my gosh, what's going on? But as time goes, the wheels start turning, 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 and boom, well, little machine. The Rockets kind of seem like they kind of fizzle out, you know, like a bad yeah. soda pop, you know, Mountain Dew. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but but so so they'll have to show me something new this year, and uh, but I I have confidence in them. 
but I think probably the replacement because they're going to probably face a, a, a tougher matchup in that first and that second round after them making the playoffs. It could be their downfall. Mm-hmm. No, I have to agree with you. So we, we're going to continue to monitor what the Rockets look like, um, you know, when the season starts as well, too. Um, and obviously, if their trades to be done, you know, we can't say that we'll be shocked. So, yeah, uh, yeah we'll definitely see what happens with that. But um, the team I want to talk about seems like the rich just get richer, right? At first, <laughs> when, when if you if you said in the NBA terms, the rich gets richer, at least the past couple of years, you would think of the Golden State Warriors. That's mm-hmm. not the case. The Los Angeles Lakers. This may be the first time where a team has won a championship and they basically changed their whole entire roster and get even more better. Like, how do you <laughs> do that? Mostly you keep the core and then you may tweak a, tweak, tweak a player to, you know what I'm saying? But they just say, yo, F it. Um, so I think Rob Palink is going to win GM of the year. It's, it's a foregone conclusion. Um, <laughs> they had some great trades and great signs. First and foremost, RIP to my boy Danny Green. Um, Spurs yeah. for life. You know, it's saw it two coming. championships, three and D. We saw it coming, man. We we saw that shit coming, um, and it was it's just crazy how contracts map match out. Because what did I'm he end up about, at? He's he's on Philly now, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So okay. he got traded from OKC, and then from OKC he got traded to Philly, um, part of the Al Horford deal. But we'll talk about that a little later. But it's just crazy how when you don't produce. Muscles get rid of you real quick, real quick. And it's crazy how the, the contract just happened to match up so perfectly. <laughs> um, so if you guys don't know, the Lakers were able to tr- trade away Danny Green and Dennis Schroeder, who you can arguably say, aside from Montrose Hare, who they also signed as well, too. They have two six-man-of-the-year players on their roster as well, too. And they got younger as well. Yeah. So they... They, awesome. they so they so they get Dennis Schroeder, they get Montres Harrell, they re-sign KCP, who did a great job in the playoffs, by the way, in the regular season as well, too. They signed Wesley Matthews to replace Danny Green. They re-signed Marquise Morris, and then they signed Marcus Hall, and then also through trade acquisitions, they get Alfonso McKinney, and then they get Jordan Bell as well, too. Like, damn. Like, damn. Um, what are your thoughts on all this, man? Just, just give me your, just give me your honest thoughts, and then I guess we can start from Dennis Schroeder, knowing that they lost Rondo. Tell me about your thoughts on Dennis Schroeder, and then, like I said, acquiring you know a sniper like Wesley Matthews and a high energy player like Montres Harrell and whatnot. One more question: uh, Did they keep Kuz? Or he's still around? That light skin still there? Yep, he there. Kuz okay. still it for, there. Yep. Is, is it a for now thing, or is it like? Well, the thing is, his con- he's still on a rookie contract, so I don't really see him moving because I don't know if he can get back for that. So I think I think he's there for a while, and uh, that's you know, interesting. I, I feel like this time around, um, he's more kind of comfortable in what his role is going to be. So I yeah. think he's going to have a better season um, moving forward. He should average. I mean, before AD came, he was averaging what 16, 17 points. I feel yeah. like being the third option now is looking that's like maybe the fourth option. You can average 15, 16. But yeah. anyways, give me a spill on the Lakers acquisitions. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, um, it's like real dog, you know. I feel like he's one of those guys. Dog. That, uh, that CP3, you know, I'm not saying he instilled him or like he trained him up, but um, 
he's one of those guys that I feel like CP3 last year really relied on. He's a dog, you know, you go to war with, you know, in mind, you can look over and be like, you know, he's going to battle regardless. So, um, uh, shy, of course, uh, being up there, but Dennis was like, yo, you know, you're going to get your work cut out for you if he's coming off the bench or if he's going at you, uh, you know, for whatever reason, uh, if he has, has to get injected into that starting lineup or that starting rotation per se. He's going to be somebody's going to come, come at you. He's going to play defense and can get really hot. You know, he can, he can get hot as time goes on. You saw him when we, uh, he started filling up the, the rim, you know, playing for OKC. It's like, yo, like, he, he can get it done. Uh, Montrez Harrell, uh, that's really a case of the rich getting richer. He, you know, like, he's going to bring some real intangibles, high energy, uh, be able to start the break. Um, Hit it ahead. I know LeBron and AD are probably already looking at him like chemistry guys. Like, yo, I'm out. You know, LeBron already, you know, joking about I'm cherry picking. LeBron's going to be the first one. Boom. AD coming down the other side. Who you going to go out first? You know, the freight train LeBron James or the freaking new, new addition, high energy upgraded model of AD? Like, yo, what in the world? Like, what are you going to do? Um, who else we got? We got signed Mark Gasol, who a veteran player, and I hope them very much from a defensive role, like we saw last stretches, year. Was like, stretches the floor too, yeah. and outside of LeBron James, he may be the second best passer on that team. And I honestly think, and sorry for cutting you off, I honestly think obviously they lost, you know, Javale McGee, who was great for them this past two years, and they lost Dwight Howard, who just couldn't be too patient enough to just wait. Um, mm-hmm. You have someone now who can still be able to guard uh, a player like Jokic in the playoffs as well, too. So I'm interested for uh-huh. that. And you got you got finally AD because I was worried about AD. I was like, yo, is he going to play the five now? I mean, I know he closes out the game playing the five, depending on the matchup. Now it's not 10. He, he does play the five. But who can he lean on? Um, uh-huh. I think Marcus Gasol is a great addition for them as well, too. But go ahead. Um, yeah, so Marcus Gasol uh, – you pretty much took the cake with that. Wesley Matthews was a was a really big move for me. Like you know, you got somebody uh, to stretch. He uh, kind of the replacement for Danny Green. I'm not probably right now uh, a little bit hotter than him. Uh, that's what I was about to say because Danny Green is he. When you talk about a rhythm player, he's a yeah. rhythm player. Like everything has to be working. One thing I'll say about Danny Green, he's always been such an excellent defender that you can afford for him to be. Um, out yeah. there on the on the floor, and he's still respectable because you know he can get hot at any time. But it kind of got to a point where it's just like, I'm just gonna leave you open, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's not working. <laughs> we gonna see what happens. But with Wesley Matthews, from what I've seen the past couple of years, when he was with Dallas, when he was just with the Bucks, um, he's definitely way more reliable as well too. And he about to get his shots up. And when you play with Brian get paid <laughs> but keep, yeah. keep it going you get paid and you're gonna get the ball on the perimeter because he's gonna find you it's gonna be it's gonna be a no-brainer and you, again they read up on that second that second team um so now we're just gonna kind of see the intangibles that uh you know maybe somebody like a rondo brought the uh, buy-in that somebody uh dwight howard had brought coming down the stretch that the kind of buy-in kind of thing those intangible things that you just have to put your head down and do uh, we'll see if these guys are up to the task to do it. You know, that's that's all it is at this point. It's either do or or, or die in a way. So, um, are they going to rise to the occasion and and play their role, play their you know come off the bench and be a Rashawn Rondo, 
play that come off the bench or, or start and guard the team's best big man, like the White Howard did, uh, hit the shots during the regular season to keep us the number one seed, like Danny Green did. We'll see what happens, but they still have the pieces around them. Again, like you said, KCP got re-signed. He's a good catalyst guy. Uh, Russo's around there, flying around, getting it done, slashing the paint, creating uh, open shots for people. And Kuz, who hopefully is only getting better and better. See what happens. Yeah, um, I definitely – It's. I, I guess it really depends on if LeBron decides to load manage, right? Because if he actually plays those – most of the majority of the 72 games – I think it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to be the number one seed. I think it's a foregone conclusion that there's really no real threat to them. We'll talk about threats later. I think it's a foregone conclusion that LeBron's going to going to win ring number five. Um, I don't I don't see any team really messing with them. They have everything they need uh, to win a championship. It's crazy. A lot of people are saying, well, because you guys have changed your team, you, you reshape your team, revamp your team so much. It may take some time to gel together and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, I mean, Rome was built in one day. But let's not forget, they're playing with LeBron James. This is the same guy who <laughs> can take your grandmother and your grandmother's grandmother to the finals as well, too. This is the same guy where once upon a time, do you remember when Kyrie wanted out? He got traded. Then they got Isaiah Thomas. They got Jay Crowder. They got Derrick Rose. They got D. Wade. And Still then the, the GM flips that whole team, and they get what Jordan Clarkson. They get uh, the dude from the Laker, Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, they get some, and they get uh, George Hill X, Y, and Z. Still seems to And he literally only had like 25 games to work that shit out and still took them to the finals. So if you have a full season with this new squad, I don't see how they don't gel together. Yeah. And I don't see how they don't get to the finals as well, too. And with all the players that they signed, they're high IQ players as well, too. So yeah. they'll figure that shit out as well, too. And like I said, LeBron James. 80's only getting better. 80's <laughs> only getting better. Conference is going to go through the roof. It's one of those things where once you taste that form of success, it's like a drug. You can't escape that shit. You just want more and more and more and more of it. So yeah. I think we're going to see uh, AD that we ain't never seen before. So it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be crazy as well, too. Now, it's, it was a blow, obviously, with uh, Montrose Harrell leaving um, because it's crazy because the motherfucker just literally is going to his locker, packing the shit up, and going to the other locker. The other, other locker room. <laughs> like, that's fine. He gets to stay in L.A. as well, too. But it's like, whole time. Keep in mind, the Clippers was up 3-1, bro. Me, we're talking about this shit damn near every single day. We're like, yo, they got this, they got this, they got this. And at the end of the day, they were up 3-1. So my mom like, all right, you just need a slight shakeup. You just need to go get a point guard. So my mom I'm like, yeah, they're probably gonna get Ray John Rondo, or they're probably gonna trade to get a player. Or Jeff Teague. I mean, he hasn't been yeah. starting quite some time, but Jeff Teague is still formidable. He can still run the show with them. Um, so are they gonna get a point guard or not? They don't yeah. get no point guard, bro. They don't <laughs> get no point guard at all, bro. No point guard at all. They re-sign. Uh, what's his name? They re-sign Marcus Morris. Uh-huh. which is cool. And I think they get this guy. I can't even remember his name. Um, I think it was through trade. It's some some shooter. Uh, but apparently I think he averaged like 13, 14 points and basically just a sniper, but challenged defensively. Yeah. And they signed Serge Ibaka. I love Serge Ibaka. Anybody know? Yeah. 
when I be playing um, on 2K, the My League joint, I always draft Serge Ibaka as my, my father that can stretch the floor. So I like Marky, Marcus Morris because I feel like with Pandemic P and that whole situation happening, Lemon Pepper Lou situation happening, Montrose Harrell, you know, not being there for the seeding games and kind of getting tossed into the fire. I felt like Marcus Morris was probably, other than Zubac, when he wasn't in foul trouble, Marcus Morris was probably the, the second to third best player on the team. Um, yeah. And he is versatile as well, too. So I like that re-signing. Um, Zubac's only going to get better. Uh, Serge Ibaka was huge because although – Although Montrezl Harrell was that six man a year, I think he complements Paul George and Kawhi Leonard better um, because of his defense, because of his height, because he can switch multiple positions, and because now he's added a three-point um, game to his game, I think that's going to help them out in the playoffs. And he has that championship pedigree as well, too. Uh, yeah. So I think that's going to work out, but they still haven't solved the guard issue. They still have Patrick Beverly there who we know is not a point guard, more so an undersized two guard. And then they have a, a combo guard in Lou Williams, who is challenged defensively as well, too, and doesn't really facilitate for that show. So I think we're going to see growing pains. I think we're going to see PEG and Kawhi taking ownership at being a guard again. Um, yeah. But how do you feel about them? Because, I mean, they I mean, they, they lost Landry Shaman through trade, um, and then they haven't re-signed Reggie Jackson back yet as well, too. But they essentially got pretty much the same exact team. Um, and they were the two-seed last year, even with low management. Um, Paul George missing a couple of games with his shoulder before coming back and whatnot as well, too. And, and Patrick Beverly in and out lineups, players in and out lineups. They were still able to get the number two seed. So there's no doubt in my mind where they don't finish top two, three, or four, or whatnot. But at the same time, I'm not putting my stock into him. And you know me. It's coming a lot yeah, when you hear from crazy. C when he's like, I love you, Kawhi. You're still my favorite player. I'm going to ride a dog. Like, until you guys prove to me that you can get it done, I'm not going to say shit about them until they get to the playoffs, man. But what do you? how do you feel about the Clippers? They're like uh, – yeah, This analogy might be off, but like – they're, they're, they're the new burger joint across the street. Like – they're like, yo, fresh, just got built, you know, all the good stuff on the menu, but it's not the same music as the other one that, you know, there's two burger joints across the street. The Clippers are the new, fresher one, you know what I'm saying? Got all the new, you know, seating and stuff like that. The, but but the other one that y'all been going to, the other club that y'all been going to, the music, the music's better. You love the food just a little bit more. The, the food just hit a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Y'all have a better time there. You know what I'm saying? And and after a while, they'd be like, oh, we could go over here. But it's like, nah, nah. You know? It's it's one of those things where it's like, for all the sheen, does it have value? You know? Mm-hmm. For all this, this going on, is it really any better? And Serge Ibaka was a good move, but when we're comparing them to the big dogs, and of course there can't there can't be a conversation about the Clippers, of course, if you don't compare them to the counterpart in LA. That's just a management mm-hmm. thing. It's a history thing, it's a grain thing, but you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. But and if you're not making powerhouse moves to I don't say be just like them, but if you're not making powerhouse moves to really get it going and, and yeah. be able to compete with them, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Serge Baca is great. 
Um, but we saw last year, maybe it was PG coming in, you know, we talked about some of the things he could go and do in the bubble and stuff like that. Maybe <laughs> he wasn't in the best space. I'm, hey. Hey, it's not funny. You know, it's not funny. It is, it's not, I just literally had a flashback of all him breaking. the teams I saw. Oh, yeah, man. The backboard, yeah. all that. All yeah. right, go ahead, though. Yeah, I thought about him breaking, too, when I said it. But um, <sighs> you, you wonder. You wonder. That's all. That's all, that's all I'm going to say about it. And, you know, shout, shout, out, shout out to them if they think they, they can really, you know, get it done and make necessarily adjustments. But. I don't see them being better than the Lakers. And maybe we'll see something, because last year we had the same conversation, you know, are the Lakers better, whatever like that. And they came out, maybe the, the Clippers come, somehow, some way get hot this year, and they make the right move. But it just seems like they're always going to be lower, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not no stock into it until they get to the playoffs, until they get to the conference finals, actually, because when you're a caliber of player like Kawhi Leonard and you get a team built around him, you should – that. It should be literally a championship or bust every single year. But if you're not getting to at least the conference finals and going up against Braun, because I feel like those are the two top players there. I mean, obviously, you got AD, who's already on the Lakers as well, too. But those should be the top two going at it right now. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, we'll see what happens with that as well, too. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do get a point guard um, before trade deadline as well, too. Because thinking about it is now, too, I think Ronda wanted – for example, Ronda, Ronda wanted to go there, right? But they couldn't offer him that much money. So, he got, I think, two-year, $15 million deal with the Hawks. So, yeah. from the agent standpoint, right. like, yo, from the agent standpoint, it's like, yo, go to a team where you can get the most money. And then, knowing how good you are, there's going to be a championship – a team with championship aspirations who's going to want to trade for you. So, I wouldn't be surprised if – down the line, he gets traded to a competitive team or goes to the Lakers. But okay. another another player I was looking at as well too, because I'm having a mindset. I'm pretty I'm pretty much going to have the same starting lineup, whereas Patrick Beverly at the one, and then you have PG, then you have Marcus Morris, then you have Kawhi, then you have Zubak, and then I'll have Serge actually come off the bench, um, or probably switch it up depending on the the matchup for the night as well too. But I was like, contracts are essentially the same. I don't really know what's the point of having them there uh, other than to generate tickets. We're in a pandemic, so there's probably not going to be that many fans there as well, too. How do you feel about Williams for Derrick Rose? Lemon Pepper Lou for D. Rose? For D. Rose coming um, off the bench, and obviously he would start – he would probably start – I would actually have him come off the bench, and obviously he would play starter minutes, but I'll have him be that spark off the bench as well, too, because not only can he score – he is a natural point guard. It's only because of what the Bulls had back in the day. That's what forced him to be a scorer. But he always said, yo, I'm a natural point guard. So to have someone who has improved shooting, who knows himself, who can also facilitate for you, I think that would definitely help Kawhi and PG if he's healthy. I think it works. Um, I think maybe the Lakers filled out their roster enough to where it's like they won't go after him. But, you know. <laughs> I, I could really just see that happening in the world we live in. You know, we say, oh, what if the Clippers get D Rose? I could see him ending up on the Lakers somehow, somewhere. But I think that could work. You know, I like I like that. Um, D Rose has been consistent, man. I mean, even with the injuries, he's been really, really consistent. So um, it's something that I wouldn't mind. It's something that is very feasible. So I, I, I'm, I'm behind it. Not, don't know if it'll happen. Again, in, in the world we live in, we see Derrick Rose go to the Lakers somehow, somewhere before he went to the Clippers. But hey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely see that happen as well, too. 
but I'm only optimistic just because they have Dennis Schroeder. Um, but we will see what happens because the Clippers definitely solve that solve that point guard situation. If they don't solve that, then it's over. It's unless, Ka- unless Kawhi turn into a LeBron type of player where he can play point all the time. You can you can tell still just by watching this past season, especially in the playoffs, Kawhi felt kind of uncomfortable playing point because literally him and PG playing point the whole time. So you know, I came here to score, pass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, he's like, I didn't pass to do that. I didn't pass to you to turn the ball over and. That's the kind of scoring mentality that you need your scorer to have. But at the same time, uh, that's frustrating, you know, when I come down. I'm in my rhythm. But, hey, I'm in the point guard role, so I got to get the ball out of my hand probably to get a better position, to get in a more efficient space real quick. Boom, pass it, get the cut, or pass it in transition. And then, you know, you do some wacky stuff. And then my rhythm's done. I'm pissed off at you. And we just got done playing great defense to get a defensive stop. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't pass you the ball for you to do that. I could do that myself. Like, like you said, like that's the mindset you're gonna have. That's the mode. I don't blame him for it, but I don't I know he probably doesn't want to play point guard. He wants to, you know, do the V cut, boom, set up, come around, catch it, shoot, be super efficient, man. Like he he does he shouldn't need to in in a well oiled organization and a well managed organization, he shouldn't need to be playing point guard. For sure, for sure. Now, I think it's kind of like when you start a new job, right? You're a little uncomfortable. You don't really know what to expect. You got to go through training. And then once you learn the ropes of everything, then you start to essentially, you start to thrive as well too. So translating this to Paul George, now that he has a full season under his belt with the Clippers, do you see him having a better season in year two? Yeah. Yeah. He played two seasons with the Rockets, right? Or with the Thunder, yeah. With Thunder, I'm sorry, with the Thunder. He looked better in the second season, definitely, too. You know, it just took him a while to get settled. Because that second season with the Thunder, we were like, yo, Paul George, yo. That first season, like, uh. Top three like, MVP. Top three yeah. MVP candidate. So, I think I think he messes a little bit better. Let's, let's just be management and get them that one more piece that they might need to take some relief off them. And then whatever happens from there happens, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Moving on to another team that I – uh, love their moves as well, too. Honestly, if you take away the Lakers from the West, I think this team actually made the best moves. And I think may, depending on how their defense turns out, being, I think they may be the best. They may have the best shot at at least taking the Lakers six, seven games, potentially. The Portland Trailblazers, man. Um, so they were able to acquire Robert Covington through trade. They re-signed Robin Hood, who's coming off an Achilles injury. Um, they also got Derrick Jones Jr., who has potential to be a pretty damn good player um, yep. as well, too. And then, obviously, they re-signed Carmelo Anthony, and then they got back Ennis Cantor, who was there two seasons ago. So they definitely have a little bit more flexibility, and they've proven as an organization they will do everything in their power to build around Damian Lillard. But um, with Melo coming back, like I said, Rodney Hood being there, um, them signing the swingman and Derrick Jones Jr., uh, who can play multiple positions, and then Robert Covington, who is the quintessential 3 and player, who can now play the four now, you know, with yeah. Houston. How do you see that to end? And then you also got Zach Collins coming back from injury, so they have a they have depth. Um, yeah. How do you feel about the Portland Trailblazers this year? I think it all, uh, as it does every year, kind of resides on you getting Dame the necessary rest, even though he can go Dame time and, you know, darn near win you two series, like two playoff series easy by himself by just putting his head down or, you know, 
I call it two playing playoff series because he uh, put his head down and they won out in the bubble. And then he got in there and, uh, you know, really went hard in that first round. Who did they play? Uh, in that first round of the bubble as well. But uh, Lakers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and you can, you can see him burnt out, but anybody, you know, from a guard standpoint would be weathered when you're playing a 6 eight guard and a seven foot tall uh, wingman in a way. So anybody would be weathered down, but, you know, let's put ourselves in a better position. Injuries are not, hopefully, not going to affect them as much this year. Hopefully, everybody will you know, be protected from that in a way, as well as you're fully loaded, you know, and instead of me having to go Dame time the whole game, I can go Dame time in the fourth quarter and just shut it out every time, you know. So it saves me. Uh, I'm not playing an hour's worth of the most intense workout ever, you know, shooting from the logo and stuff like that. I got people I can do regular point guard stuff, slice it, kick it out, you know, run some sets where I can, you know, relax, uh, not quintessentially be the person guarding their best, best, you know, guard at all times. I think, you know, you save him a little bit. You feel him up for when you need him, that final, that special move, that Mortal Kombat special move. And you, you play it like this. You know what I'm saying? It's straight, it's straight up like that. Um, so, I, like you said, it, it is going to look really interesting. I think they put themselves in a better position in the playoffs to whereas they're not going to see the Lakers first round or they'll see, may hopefully see the Lakers. And in the conference that, you know, you have who I say top four be Lakers, Lakers, Nuggets because of consistency. Uh, let's not throw the clips away totally. Clippers and then Who's coming after that? We could say Dame them, or we could say Jazz, possibly. You know, and, so yeah, and, and that's what I was going to ask you as well too. I said, how where, where do you see them finishing? And I mean, if you look at their past seasons when they were actually healthy, they were what oh they're, two and three, two three four yeah. seats. So I see them right back there. I see them gelling from the jump. I see them if they're healthy. I see them being a number two seed. Okay, I ah. see them being a, a number two seed. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. So. It'll be it'll look a little bit different, you know. We say it'll, we'll talk about maybe the West getting weaker in a second, but we say we say that kind of happened. But these some of these perennial perennial powers are kind of loaded back up, and the rest the West already kind of has that grittiness to them, you know. The East is trying to find their identity. There are higher caliber players being moved to the East, but they have they have to find their identity. Nah, yeah, I agree with you as well too. And and speaking about the West. One team that is probably my favorite team in 2K right now, but I'm a little upset, um, is the Denver Nuggets, man, because obviously, you know, they're relying on or they're banking on their young talent, um, you know, stepping up every single year and proving um, in some shape or form every single year. But they lost Mason Pumbley, high-energy guy to come off the bench. And more yeah. importantly, they lost Jeremy Grant who they matched the qualifying offer, but he was like, I want a more defined, not more defined, he wants a more prominent role. So yeah. he went to the Detroit Pistons, and it's just like, damn. Like, when you look at Jeremy Grant from last year, you can see the potential of what he had. You can see that, yo, I think when it's all said and done, you can probably try to be, you can probably be like a Jalen Brown type of player when it's all said and done. I think he can, 
Yeah, I think his upside is he can be as high as a number three option on a championship team, maybe even a number two if he has his mind right. But that was a guy who could knock down the corner three, could guard every single position as well, too. And from more, more importantly, he took on the challenge of guarding and playing a, and doing a pretty damn good job against the Donovan Mitchells of the world, against the Kawhi, the PGs, the LeBron James of the world as well, too. So even though, like we said, and like you said earlier, the Nuggets are a bit more consistent, they're kind of like the new age Spurs now, right? You know what you're going to get out of them. Now it's like, well, yeah. how, how deep are you going to go? I think they took a step back defensively because yeah. to me, That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, to me in the bubble, with them taking so much time off, all these teams taking every team taking so much time off, that time off essentially is your offseason to get better. So to me, the bubble was a true indication of the new year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's why we saw Jamal Murray and Jokic and, and the MPJ play so out of their mind. So do you expect them to get even better between now and December? Um, that was my thing right there. And my thing is, if you're losing Jeremy Grant, that means as a coach, are you banking on you just saying F it and you're unleashing um, Bobo and he actually plays the four now or he, he becomes more prominent? Like, how do you see that work out with that team now? Because I definitely, like I said, I definitely think they got weaker. I think they're still going to be a team that, you know, is going to beat the bottom tier teams in the East and West and still win you about 50, uh, with 70 games now, still win you about the equivalent if it was an 82-game season to 50-plus games. But how do you see that working out? Because I, I see, I definitely see some chinks in the armor right now. I don't know if you uh, get significantly better losing a, a Jeremy Grant, who did so much for that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not better than you were when you finished last season. Uh, I just don't. I don't. I don't. He brought so much to that team. He's one of those guys where – you know, you have to move money around, stuff like that, but you have to figure out a way to pay him and pay him soon uh, and tell him sweet nothings to, you know, let him know, hey, yo, you're going to figure out your role here. We're going to – it's tough, though, in the market when you have a, a Murray and a, and, a, and a Joker, you know. But it could have also been something that they figured out, again, like a, a staggered type of minutes thing and, you know, he – you, you relied on him very heavily. And if you see somebody that had the cali- caliber of talent he had um, with the youth and emerging, you know, why not figure it out? Why not say, hey, we're going to move some stuff around. We're going to think we're going to become a better team. Hey, you might, you know, you might get more minutes with the second uh, second unit, but you're going to have a, a bigger role on the team. And when we're coming down the stretch, it's not just going to be uh, Jamal who for all you – know, he honestly got the job done. You know, they, they, they came up short, but Jamal got the job done. Joker got the job done. But coming down the stretch, you're going to have a hot hand too. So we're going to have a three-headed monster. Not sure how you, how you dropped the ball, but maybe they're also banking on a Denver a Denver management that has been very good that got them into this space, you know. So maybe they know something we don't. Maybe they can can unleash ball ball. I, I still see ball ball um, doing things off the bench for the most part. I still – I don't know how much greater uh, MPJ is going to get on defense because his defense is atrocious, you know. Uh, it's trash, it's trash, it's trash. I mean, he, can he pull it up? Yes. And maybe they're going to get him the ball a little bit more. Like he said, hey, you know, we're all basketball players. We can we can score the ball, whatever like that. I just think we should have – he backed that up too. So, who knows? Maybe he's ready to emerge. Maybe you're banking on a few of these wild cards to, to take up the slack and 
you know, you got your, your good old one-two punch that are both, what, 26 and, and 22 or something like that. And, and Murray and Joker, like, Joker's not over, like, 25. Like, so these guys aren't going anywhere. Uh, Joker doesn't like he's slowing down. He does all everything without being super athletic, you know. And, and, jo- <laughs> and Jamal Murray, him and Spider are the perennial Western guards that you, like, are super, super excited to watch from an athletic standpoint. Um, that's excluding – Oh, I guess what we'll talk about in a second. Um, Booker, you know? So it's like, yo, we'll see what happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. If they can solve their identity issue, I mean, <laughs> defense issues, uh, then, I mean, I got them I got them in Portland being the top threats to the Lakers. But like I said, with that Jeremy Grant loss, it's going to be tough. But I'm tough. interested to see how – much more comfortable MPJ is going to be um, as well, too. So uh, I think he's definitely going to be a reliable third option as well, too. Um, I mean, he can only get better from here defensively, right? He has a, he has the talent to be a solid defender as well, too. But is he going to take it upon himself to actually, you know, get the job done? Um, and now I think he needs to work on his handles a little bit more and develop more so of a post game because he's yeah. a fucking sniper from out there. So the future's looking bright for them, but we'll see what their def- defense looks like. And like you said as well, too, a team that went eight and on the bubble, um, a team that has a young Mamba, a team that when we didn't, we don't really think about it, you know what I'm saying? This man missed basically the first, what, 25, 30 games of the season, uh, DeAndre Ayton. So who's to yeah. say what they would actually look like if he played the full season? The Suns, man, um, they got better. Uh, they traded for Chris Paul. They were able to retain Dario Saric. Um, they got Javon Carter, Damian Jones, and they got Jay Crowder as well, too. And they still have, like I said, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, and, and Mikel Bridges as well, too. Uh-huh. So we already know Chris Paul's resume, what he speaks for. But talk about – actually, talk about – what Chris Paul is going to bring to this team. Um, talk about how, when you think about it, honestly, Chris Paul has played with Tyson Chandler in his prime, DeAndre Jordan in his prime, Clint Capella in his prime. This will probably be the best big he's ever played with. And honestly, I mean, I know Blake Griffin was prop, Bill Griffin and James Harden were one of a kind as well too, but he's actually going to play with another skilled guard who you know wants it a lot as well too. Um, yeah. Talk about, the new, the newly acquired Chris Paul, what he does for the team, and and what are your thoughts on um, how the Suns uh, will finish off? You know, by the time the the regular season is over with, I think uh, it just kind of proves scary for teams like we just talked about, like the Rockets, who are kind of at a pivotal moment of making and breaking uh, themselves for the season uh, when it comes to some of their superstars, whether now or some of possibly things not meshing. Well, so you can end up with just one guy or you can end up with, you know, two guys that just haven't been playing well together. Uh, you have teams like this that are chomping out the bit to uh, eventually, you know, take your spot. And we've seen Chris Paul ascend his team uh, into playoff contention. We've seen him do less with more. So, you know, you're giving him more. So that re-up's going to be way, way more. You know what I'm saying? The bag going to be blown. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh it's big time. Uh, I think we're really going to see the truest form of Devin Booker this year, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> that's saying a whole, whole, whole lot. 
Um, can't speak the greatest to, to a lot of the other pieces, but just the moves they made, DA coming back on full force, um, a, a Chris Paul, quote unquote, Lillard team. Um, it's going to be a fun ride to watch them. And I think they, they sneak into the Western Conference's uh, eight, eight teams. And you could say it's an upset, but, you know, they're getting better and they have a firepower for it. I mean, maybe we'll talk about defense a little bit, you know, a little bit. But for the most part, I think they sneak, find their way to sneak in. Uh, let's alone if there is a playoff bubble somehow, some way this year, depending on what the NBA wants to do and how COVID kind of kind of sums up, you know, there could be rules coming down the stretch for it. You know, they did win out, didn't they? Did they not? They played, they played in the playing game. They played in the playing game against uh against the Blazers. So nah, they actually it was actually uh Memphis. Even the Memphis played in. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so maybe the rules are, are adjusted for a situation like that. Not saying that they're going to find themselves in the same uh, predicament or circumstances, but I think, I think we see at the end of the, the regular season that they took leaps and bounds and we're like, yo, the Suns are doing that. They're, they're sitting in there doing that. Uh, and that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how things come full circle because when you think of who's the most – I guess in this day and age with these new wave of players, who's the most similar to Kobe as far as skill set? I think of Devin Booker um, right away, to be honest with you. And it's kind of funny how back in the day, Chris Paul was actually supposed to play with Kobe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Devin Booker's Kobe, but it's kind of funny how things come full circle. Um, yeah. And obviously Devin Booker idolized Kobe Bryant. Chris Paul is finally going to get to play sort of with a Kobe type of player as well, too. So they might turn up um, depending on how everything pans out. I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Booker is an MVP candidate. Uh, right now, I got Damian Lillard just because he actually has everything around him. Or LeBron James, you can never count him out. But I just feel like with LeBron, the voters just get bored of him. I don't know why. Um, and you were right when we were when I was back in Richmond, and you were like, "Yo, from LeBron and Giannis, I'm going with LeBron." And I said, "I'm going with Giannis." Looking back at it, <laughs> you're right. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Booker finishes top three, top five MVP candidate this year, to be honest with you as well, too. Okay. Um, Chris Paul definitely going to instill that dog in that team, um, the ultimate confidence. And honestly, just from a leadership standpoint, he's going to work his magic and um, he's going to, he's going to just get the best out of everyone. Um, And I think that's going to rub off on him. And even, we don't know how long he's going to stay there or not, but I think once he instills all that into that culture. It's going to be a thousand times better. It's going to be a thousand times better as well, too. Um, we can't move on from the West unless we talk about the Golden State Warriors, man. Um, it's just kind of crazy how on draft night, on mother freaking yeah. draft night, Trey, <laughs> Clay Thompson tears his Achilles, bro. Yeah, what are the chances? Is the universe saying something to us? Like, I really want to know. Like, I don't, I don't really understand because, honestly, Wiseman looks like he's his upside is going to be ridiculous. And obviously, they got Kelly Oubre and they signed Kent Bazemore yeah. um, and whatnot. But that Warriors team with that backcourt back together, that been, was look, my sleeper team right there. I was like, yo, I mean. 
Wiggins going to try to figure it out. He he finally is in a role where he doesn't have to be that number two option. He can be a number three option now. Um, and like I said, they got wise in the big that they needed. So, and they're probably going to pick up some the, players as well. well who I, was the cat that was going crazy for them last year? Uh, oh, he, had a, he had a, Pascal, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So even him, with a, with a Clay coming back, I feel like you know we would have blinked him to be like, "Yo, the Warriors are good." Nobody would have saw this coming, but it's like, nah, they just you know had some injuries. But uh, Tom's ticking. Sorry, sorry, to cut you off, but I kind of went into when it went into it. But Tom's ticking now, man. Put the clock on stuff, you know. Put the clock on uh, Draymond and, and how he's gonna look and what they're gonna expect out of him, even you know not being the highest caliber of uh, well, even with the not super high caliber of players around him, like a clay, like a KD. So the clock's clicking on some, the clock is ticking on him because mm-hmm. uh, he looks like a different player when he's not in those systems with the people with IQs that are like theirs. Um, and that's not taking away anything from his. It's just, he's, he's a part that's going to work, but he's a part that's going to work to the efficiency of the system and the players around him as well. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think they would I think they take a step up in, in their defensive prowess. You definitely, you know. Yeah. Uh they, that's what they brought. They brought in some athletic people and I think Andrew Wiggins can get it done down the line. Uh Clay Thompson coming back to it, he just would have been really he would have did really well. So Lord knows. Um shout out to Clay, get better soon. Um but I don't, I don't know, bro. It's like, you know, you kind of see the, the beginning and the end of it right here of the Warriors. You kind of see the beginning and the end. And it's really going to depend on what happens this year. Can they stick around? Can they be competitive? Because um, I actually right now, you see them making the playoffs this year. Um, and like I said, the, the West has gotten weaker, right? So we don't know how long Porzingis is going to play for a while. We don't know how long it's going to take for the Suns to gel. The Rockets may get traded, so that opens up the slot. OKC is no longer as competitive, um, so that opens up a slot as well, too. So I got to give Steph Curry the benefit of the doubt. There's there's a reason why you're two-time MVP, three-time champion, the only, you know, I'm in MVP as well, too. So um, I think with the pieces that they got, they've proven that they still want to be competitive as well. Um, but I think they fight this year. Without Clay. I think they have to. Unless Wiseman is just... OD this year out of nowhere, I see them having to really fight just to get six through eighth seed like playing type of situations well too. So we'll see. Interesting. Um, but I think this is a year where I already said there's Damian Lillard, um, there's LeBron James, um, there's Luka Doncic, um, there's a Devin Booker. There's a lot of these players who I think will be MVP candidates, but now is the time for us to actually see Steph Curry. I mean, we saw a glimpse of what it would look like without Klay Thompson because he's always played with Klay Thompson his whole, his whole career. And obviously he had, he had uh, what you call it, Katie as well too. So now we kind of get Damian, I mean, Steph Curry in the Damian Lillard spotlight where you have to literally put the team on your back as well too. Um, so I'm be interested great. to see what he's going to do this year as well. And then also the Warriors are known for obviously their motto, strength in numbers, right? And then mm-hmm. they're also known for how they space the floor, how they move without the basketball. I feel like this is going to be the year where, besides Steph Curry, looking on that roster, who's that other reliable shooter? Kelly Oubre doesn't shoot well from Trey. Andrew Wiggins don't shoot well from Trey. Wiseman not going to be shooting no trays. Eric Pascal don't be shooting no trays. 
they don't have any shooters. So I think Steve Kerr is going to have a pretty difficult job this year on figuring out what system he wants to implement as well, too. So I think they kind of go back to that Mark Jackson uh, where they just do a lot of pick and roll. So we'll see how that works out. But it's going to be a very up and down year for them, man. I think so. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, again, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, I said six through eight C, where you see them in the net. Unless Steph Curry reminds us who the he actually is, I don't see them making the playoffs. Yeah. Like he has to remind us exactly who he is. And mm-hmm. not saying I don't believe in Steph Curry, but it's 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 people are getting stronger. Again, the people are getting stronger. They're they're one of those teams that the sun's getting better and you know. Teams like Dallas clearly not going anywhere. Teams uh, like the Pelicans who decided to rest the best player we've seen, you know, in a while. It, that, those teams like teams like those make the Warriors who who have well-oiled systems, but injuries and age it, it makes things scary for them. So I don't I don't see the Warriors making the playoffs. Damn. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that in the archives, and we'll see if that uh, that actually happens as well too. But you know, what I'm saying I like how because it seemed like before in the past, right? And I'm moving topics here, going to the East. But it seems like in the past, um, when you drafted your you know lottery pick player, you kind of just let them play out their contract. You kind of really don't. You really don't try to build around them early. So I'm happy with a team like a like a Dallas who. They're trying to build around poor, uh, around Luka Doncic really early. And now I'm fast forward into the Atlanta Hawks, man. They've made a lot of moves. They realize that, yo, yeah. we got a star. Damn near another Steph Curry in a Trey Young. So let's do everything possible to make sure we're competitive, to make sure we bring in the right, role, right veterans. I don't even want to say role plays. The right veterans to help speed up this culture, speed up the process for this young talent and see what we can, what we can do this year. Um, so they, they did a great job. Um, they signed Bogdan Bogdanovich who got stolen over from the, the, the Bucks. And we'll talk about a little later on. Um, they were able to sign Rajon Rondo as well too. And they were able to sign Gallinari as well. Um, so this team is going to be looking pretty damn good. We forgot that last year they traded for Clint Capella you know what I'm saying? So he's going to be fully healthy as well, too. And then who is their 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 starting four guard? What's his name again? The starting four guard with Atlanta? Yeah, he's really, really good. I can't remember his name, though. It's not Capella. Um, uh, Reddish? No, not Cam Reddish. We'll talk about Cam Reddish a little bit later. But not, not Cam Reddish. Um, I'll actually pull it up right here. Uh, his name, oh, I think Josh Collins? John yeah, Collins. Yeah. John who Collins. He averaged 22 and 10 this year. And a lot of people don't talk about that as well, too. So they have the team tailor-made for Trey Young. Um, he has literally, you know, a lot of options to go to. And like I said, Rondo coming off the bench is going to work work magic for them as well, too. Um, it's going to be tough, but I see them making the playoffs this year, getting sneaking getting the AFC right now. Interesting. Um, and I think the East is actually better than the West as well, too, because now let's just look at the team, no particular order. Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, Indiana Pacers, Boston Celtics, Toronto, Toronto. Raptors, Brooklyn Nets. And then from there, who else am I missing? I feel like I'm missing a team that I didn't that I didn't talk about. 
but I'm missing another team. But that's Memphis. Six. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that, that's that's six, seven teams right there. So I think the Hawks have what it takes to definitely. You said Boston. Last. Oh yeah. Oh Milwaukee. I said Boston already. Milwaukee. So that's seven yeah. teams that are basically stamped. Unless there's a major catastrophic injury, that's yeah. seven teams that are stamped right there. So now you got the Wizards and you got the freaking um, Hawks and what the the Orlando Magic bound for the AC. But I feel like out of yeah. those teams battling for that eighth spot, obviously going to be some plans and whatnot. I think the Hawks have the best chance. Um, tell me about your your thoughts on the major moves that they made. Um. Now, like you said, I think the Hawks put themselves in a position. Uh, Trey Young getting the job done. Uh, looking at John Collins, average 21 points uh, at 6'9", 10 rebounds. He's definitely one of the blue guys. I think uh, Trey, oof, Cam Reddish is only going to get better. Um, I see they have Trey, is Travion Graham on the roster, too, as a VCU guy. But, you know, that's, that's here nor there. Um, but, yeah, along with, 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 with Jeff Teague and other players, uh, they kind of solidified themselves and are getting better. Um, they, they, they're going to battle for the AC. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. And I don't see Trey Young slowing down. You know, he has some people that can, he can dish the ball to. He has a Rajon Rondo, uh, who's going to be a veteran uh, guy and keep it, you know, catalyst from that guard standpoint going. So, let's see what happens. Yeah, um, absolutely. Only thing I'm worried about is – how challenged they're going to be defensively. But, I mean, other than that, their upside is looking bright as well, too. And um, seeing the work ethic with Gallinari, seeing the work ethic with Rajon Rondo, even Bogdan as well, too, hopefully this helps elevate Cam Reddish because I'm very high on Cam Reddish. I'm a Duke fan. Um, I think his upside, he can be potentially Paul George type of player. We saw glimpses of him last year. But if he can become a little bit more consistent, get a little bit bigger, because um, mm-hmm. he's already a great wing defender already, and he's a damn good shooter who's a little bit streaky. I think that will be I tough for them. So yeah, I didn't even talk about Mark <laughs> uh, Donovan, but yeah, Atlanta uh, Atlanta Hawks doing a damn thing. Doing a damn so thing. We'll see what happens with that as well too. So the biggest thing that's been going on in the East is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is he gonna sign the supermax? Is he gonna get traded? Is he gonna win? What's gonna happen as well too? Um, so. Obviously, for Giannis, I think they have until, I think, December the 22nd-ish to basically see if he wants to sign Supermax. I mean, if I'm him, I'm not doing that as well, too. But they were able to slightly get better. Um, They obviously traded for Drew Holiday, which was crazy. Um, And then they were able to get Bobby Portis. They were able to get my boy Brent Forbes from the Spurs. Um, And then they got a couple other people as well, too. But those were the the marquee player. So I guess the biggest thing was them getting Drew Holiday. So now you have a guy in Chris Middleton who doesn't have to be the closer. You have another guy like Drew Holiday who takes the pressure off of Giannis and Middleton as well too. But uh, obviously it was a blow that they weren't able to get bogged on, um, which sucks. But I think Bryn Forms, who was playing for the Spurs, is one of probably the top three-point shooters who is kind of under the radar as well too. Um, so definitely will add some spacing for them as well. But how do you feel about the Bucks moving forward? Did they get better? Are they the same? Are they going to get get Are they going to get over the hump? Get over the hurdle in the playoffs? And do you see Giannis staying? I think they did everything they could this year to uh, try to entice Giannis to stay around in the long run. Uh, 
it's all going to come down to execution at this point. You know, he has people he can kick out to. Uh, like Robel's touched on, he's like, Giannis is a five. And it's crazy to see because, you know, we, we, we champion him as a six foot ten, you know, or, or a seven foot tall point guard. But Robel, like you were saying, from, from an efficiency standpoint and from a, a personnel standpoint, is going to be a best when he's going to be able to play the five, uh, the most effective team, and they're probably going to win that way. Um, so we'll either see that be their their biggest strength or their biggest demise, you know, because when we see them reload this year, we'll see what happened with the Heat happen again, possibly, or we'll see, you know, people come in to settle in. So, hey, or even Giannis saying, look, let me uh, go over here and kind of do this uh, from a from a forward standpoint, let them kind of run, and then I can still, you know, do, do my stuff from a very skilled, athletic, and um, versatile five guard slash role, you know, in a, in a way just kind of being flexible with his positioning and how he approaches it from here on out, even though he has been dominant, you know, the MVP and stuff like that. But like like I was saying earlier, dominance doesn't always equal championships. And we'll either see him compromise and be flexible or we'll see them win with this new system because he was able to be everything from a point guard standpoint being at his size. See what happens. How far do you think they go? Um, that's a tough one because we, we could have said they were going to be in the finals this year. And I and I would still believe you, and I would still believe you. But <laughs> you know, gritty, pack the paint type of team, and see what happens. He caught him, and uh, I won't say that because we because we we appreciate the Heat for what they were for what they are. But for all intents, uh, it's like yo, you like yo, the Heat are gonna beat Milwaukee. I'd be like ah, even with Jimmy, I don't know for sure, you know, but. If everything goes well, I see them in the Western Conference final. I mean, not Western, but the Eastern Conference finals at least. Hopefully, yeah. Um, I it, think yeah. I think the East is still one of those things where, <laughs> ever since the departure of LeBron James, even though we have some teams who are very, really, very, 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 very good because they're very top heavy, it's still up for grabs. I think I feel like yeah. every single year because, like you said, who would have thought the Miami Heat would? demolish these guys you know what i'm saying with the with the Giannis. so it's going to be interesting but i still think they're the number one seed this year um they at least get to the second round um but like i said there's so many good top tier teams with the celtics raptors miami brooklyn coming back into the mix as well too. 76 is what we're about to talk about so um We'll see what happens, but uh, I mean, it sucks that they gave away their draft picks, and then they're going to have pick swaps as well, too. So obviously, you're in a win-now situation, but you're only going to be able to get mid-level players or or get players through trade. It looks like for the next couple of years. So this is basically all Giannis can work with. Um, yeah, I think if you kept Bogdan, maybe I would sign that super mask because that's a lot of bread, bro. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like. I personally don't see him re-signing no matter what. So, I think the Warriors get him somewhere. <laughs> maybe. I, we'll see. They'll have to give a Wiseman for sure. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Um, I don't really know where he goes because Bam just signed that extension as well, too. So, I think they yeah. were trying to say if Bam holds off, 
he was still have his bird rights. They'll still be able to sign Bam and still be able to sign Giannis. So I don't see how he goes to go over there. Maybe it's like what Rebel said, even though he's biased Toronto. Um, yeah. But or next year, you got PG, you got Serge, you got Kawhi, you got Giannis, you got AD, who I think is probably just going to sign a two-year deal with an opt-out after this season. They may all be looking like, yo, y'all trying to team up? Like, let's get it. I don't. I, I can see Giannis and Kawhi be like, yo, you trying to go play with uh, Luca real quick? What's up, bro? Um, that's just a dream. Sound crazy. Well, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. <laughs> who knows, man? Any, anything <laughs> yeah. is possible. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Giannis wants to team up with Kawhi or something like that. So I'm just yeah. putting it out there into the universe. You know what I'm saying? Going on to the last final topics of the day as well, too. Um, talk about this for about one or two minutes. Boston Celtics obviously, uh, you know, re-signed. Well, they lost Gordon Hayward, which sucks. Is like when you have a player like that who has proven he's he still has a good role in the NBA as well too. Um, you let go of him for nothing, you know. And I think for the Celtics, that was their best playmaker. To be honest with you, as well too. Um, mm-hmm. You re-signed Jason Tatum to that that rookie max deal, which was crazy. Um, but then you also get Jeff Teague, and you also get um, Tristan Thompson as well, too, who I have saw some uh, footage of him. It looks like his three-point shot has gotten better, and they've always been lacking a big, and you got someone who has that championship pedigree who's been to four straight finals as well, too, who, who is in those slouch, who was only under the radar because – Cleveland. Cleveland lost LeBron James. Cleveland's a small market team, but do you think the Celtics got better or they're neutral? In the East that we've just said got stronger. Uh, neutral. Neutral. Okay. Neutral. I, I'm going to say neutral from what we see uh, from an overall standpoint from uh, – how they end up this season. I'll say neutral. Okay, cool. And then the last yeah. team I want to talk about is the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, so, obviously, they got Daryl Morey. Um, and, you know, Daryl Morey, that boy, uh, I knew I was a little yeah. skeptic about him, but he made things He'd work be working. Out. He'd be working, man. He'd be working. So, they, they were able to acquire – Dwight Howard, um, who's going to come off the bench for them as well, too. And, obviously, it's a safety net because Joel Embiid's injury history they were yep. also able to get Seth Curry um, who's a sniper from three one of the best yep. shoes in the league and they're also able to get the three and D quintessential the OG new age I guess three and D and Danny Green as well too um, mm-hmm. so I love all of it we'll see what Doc Rivers does because he hasn't got past the second round in such a long time one two is Ben Simmons going to be able to step his game up and actually be even more dominant by imposing will imposing imposing his will and also being able to actually shoot the ball. Um, but we did see their basic formula for success was having shooters around Joel Embiid and having shooters around Ben Simmons as well too, which they solved that issue. And there's no doubt in my mind that Daryl Moore is going to make even more moves as well too, whether it be a slight trade by trade deadline or picking up a player um, as well, too, if they get their, their contract bought out as well, too. But what are your thoughts on the Sixers in about a minute? Um, I think they got better overall. Uh, Flex is a little bit cleaner outlook. Um, I don't know. I think it was me and Robel talking about it or in our episode where I said, uh, and even me and Kevin, 
uh, was talking about uh, under our comments, like, hey, uh, I think I thought the process was kind of dead as it was, but kind of a revamped take on the, the process, per se, uh, buying into what you got. Daryl Morey's a workhorse, man, a workhorse comes in and just gets you what you need and finds a way to acquire pieces. Um, and kind of refreshing about the team that we've have had our ups and downs, you know, same relationships, ups and downs, refreshing about this. Um, we'll see what happens this year. I, I'm a little bit excited about this Philly team uh, coming removed from two years when two years ago when Kawhi ended up ended them via dagger, you know, or we could say a year ago, I'm saying two years because I'm rounding up, but he ended them via dagger and they let him, and if not for that, they would have been in the Eastern Conference Finals. So maybe you can recreate that team again. You know, you still got your your Tobias Harris's, you, uh, your other who role played, players. Who played? Who had a career year under Doc Rivers too? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and maybe Doc even takes a different approach to how he attacks things in the playoffs. You know, so it doesn't happen because we know Doc is a great coach. You know, and those those. Things with him lost, losing like three one are amplified because Doc always puts himself in a position to to be in playoff series and to win championships, you know, and and hopefully we see this be the turning point for for him of this last kind of pattern of three one losses and stuff like that in playoff series where you kind of just get stuck in the mud. Maybe this is a turning point in his career, already Hall of Fame coaching career, where it's like, yo, if it's three one, we're gonna end it up, and that drastically changes things as well so we'll see what happens and not putting all the pressure on him either because you know just some stuff went really wrong from just a playing standpoint with the players over there in the Clippers team so uh now shout out to Philly shout out to Daryl Morey um and 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 not the new look but the revamped uh 76ers cool 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 that sums up the episode man any last words um no man uh this is a trying time for everybody um or not, not, not no, but yes. Uh, this is a trying time for everybody. So for me, being a co-host, uh, being, um, you know, somebody just gets to come talk with you guys, with you, Sir Caesars, um, each week, man. We're very thankful for you, man. It's the small things, the greatest, the greatest wealth of relationships, man. And happy to interact with you guys, happy to interact with you, happy to keep building uh, with this platform. Hopefully talking some good stuff every now and then. Um, but yeah, relationships are the greatest wealth, bro. So reach out to us. Thank you guys for supporting us. It's all love on this side, man. How about you? Uh I mean, just being thankful uh, for obviously including you, family, friends, uh, the future, opportunities, health, um, just just being appreciative of every, of everything, you know, just taking a day at a time. Um, that's all I can really ask for and say, to be honest with you. But ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 96 of the Caesar Show. Make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media, every single platform at the Caesar Show at Sir Caesars, at Trade Day XXIV. What a do, baby, and we out. Peace, y'all.